Hey guys, Ben here, and this is day 33 and 34 in one in the Bible in Six podcast. We're going to be going on uh, a big cursive look at Deuteronomy chapter 6 to Deuteronomy 16. And so uh, basically what we what we hear here, again, we're in Deuteronomy. This is the In the Wilderness book, and this is a retelling, a restoring a uh, a new you know a new version of the law in a way it's the same law but just retold right before they go into the promised land so again as we read through this this is like the last words this is the pep talk in the dressing room before the game kind of thing that Moses is giving the people and God is giving the people and so uh, in chapter six I'm just going to go through and touch down in a few places give my thoughts but in chapter six we have a very famous verse that we looked at as a youth ministry uh, a couple falls ago and this is uh, the Shema in in verse four it says this here O Israel the Lord our God the Lord Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. Um, these commands shall be on your heart. You should teach them to your children. Talk of them all the time when you're sitting in your house, when you're on your way somewhere, when you're about to lie down, when you rise up, that they should be always at the tip of your tongue in the front of your mind. In that same way, you shall bind them as a sign in your hand and in the sense that you look at your hands all day long. It should be a, as frontlets between your eyes. It's something, again, at the that imagery of being at the front of your mind. And you should write them all over the place so that you never forget it. Not that these people, these people knew this by heart, but it wasn't that you would never forget it, but that you would remember it. Okay. This is the, the general like vision statement of an Israelite. And I think this vision statement made true by Jesus as he recites this and adds to it, love your neighbor as yourself. And we know already that love your neighbor as yourself has already been declared in the law in the old Testament here in our reading already. Uh, but Jesus cements it in that place. So uh, the Shema, a lot of what God talks about is going to be going back to this. And so um, coming out of out of chapter six, um, we have a couple other things like uh, just the reality that we need to consider how much of the things we own, the things we have, the places we've been, the situations we found ourselves in are actually a credit to God rather than ourselves or even a credit to those who came before us rather than ourselves. I think it's something that's difficult at times as young people. We we're self-starters. We we want to have, um, we want to have, lay claim to to the things uh, that we've made of ourselves, and we have to realize both God and man who has gone before us to provide some of those things for us. Um, and for 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 you guys and, and myself, I found uh, the end of chapter six, verse twenty, all the way to the end of the chapter, verse twenty five. This is a a rubric for how to tell a testimony. It just talks about how God has come and impacted your life in the Old Testament real-time version for the Israelites. And so essentially, you could take this, take out all the words that are specific to these people and put your own stories in there. So if you're thinking about sharing your testimony at, at any point, this is a great place to start. Now, moving into chapter 7, um, I I, uh, I have this... Uh, I have these a couple thoughts here, just kind of anecdotes like um, there's there's kind of the Lord will take away in, in verse 15. The Lord will take away all sickness, none of the evil diseases of Egypt, which you knew. So this reality that when God brings them into this pure, holy promised land, that they're not going to be infected by literal diseases in the same way that the nations around them are infected again, as we've talked about before the law if you follow god's commands his statutes his testimonies his, his decrees basically everything will go right for you 
you're 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 going to have kids. Your animals are going to have kids. You're going to have harvest. You're not going to get sick in the same way that the other nations are. And it's just like such an interesting concept because we don't necessarily. I don't think in the front of my mind. Oh wow! Like if I follow God, that He actually ha- has me in super tangible ways. Super interesting. Um, wondering about how that affects us today. Um, moving on into into chapter eight. Um, we have a quote, uh, a passage. This is really important for us to see. Uh, it's probably triggered in your mind. This is verse, uh, the end of verse three, that Jesus quotes to Satan in the desert while he's being tempted. And it says this, what that uh, man does not live by bread alone, but lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. And so this is a, this is a thing that, that if, you know, if, if Jesus was quoting this, this is what we need to be quoting in our lives as well. Um, this is where we don't hold tightly to things, nourishment, physical realities. We hold on to the spiritual realities that God displays for us. Because again, when we hold on to those things, God will provide for those physical realities. Um, one of the other things with, with chapter eight, uh, for me, this is kind of a chapter of remembrance. And, and I just wondered like, huh, I wonder if this was a chapter, say on something like remembrance, Dan, or we're remembering like veterans in our country or whatever, things like that. But I was like, oh, like, I, I wonder on the side of that celebration, if we were to read Deuteronomy chapter eight, if it just feels like a great remembrance chapter. Um, moving into chapter nine. Uh, God makes it really, really clear that that the reason why these people are being driven out of the land isn't because that Israel is so amazing, so great, whatever. It's because of the wickedness of the nations that inhabited it before. And so uh, this is, he said, he's really specific in chapter 9, verse 5. Not because of your righteousness or the uprightness of your heart are you going to possess the land, but because of the wickedness of these nations. Essentially, they have they have gone so far off. And they've essentially done every single wicked, abominable thing possible. And that God's just not willing to, um, they just, they need to be left out, wiped out, moved out so that his holy people or his people who are supposed to be holy can reside there. And so he's given them time. He's been gracious to them for hundreds of years. And now this is the time for God's people to come in. And so uh, we're gonna uh, we're gonna skip over to to chapter eleven now, and and I just this is a concept that I never really thought about. I hadn't really read this section before, and and it's talking about um, how God is going to like provide for His people. So in in chapter eleven, verse ten, it says, "For the land that you are entering to take possession of it is not like the land of Egypt." Okay, that's obvious. Um, but you're like, okay, so this is kind of like the Middle East, like whatever, who cares? Um, from which you have gone, where you sowed your seed and irrigated it. Okay, so irrigation, God's like thinking super practically. Before, they would just get water and send it from the Nile to where their fields were. They would irrigate it. That's something that we that we talk about today. Okay, so or, or, you, or you would carry it from the Nile. Okay, so this is like man-powered provision, all right? Uh, Like a garden of vegetables. But the land you are going to possess, verse 11, is a land of hills and valleys, which drinks water from the rain from heaven. And the land of the Lord cares, and the land your Lord God cares for it. So here's the thing. In Egypt, you relied on the Nile and your own power. Here, there is no Nile, and there is no way for you to get the water that you need. You have to rely on me. 
And so God, God's promised land, God's promised place of flowing with milk and honey is not a provision of our own power and strength. It's his provision. So I wonder, I'm thinking about in my life is like, okay, what are the spaces in my life that feel like dry? There's nothing around that. It's like, oh, like God, God put me here so that I would only be able to thrive if I survived on him or, or relied on him. Just like such a really such an interesting thing. And and the reality that also changes is that in those places, those other places, they would worship specific gods that would to bring rain or to bring sun or to bring fertility or, or whatever. Like we just celebrated Valentine's Day. Like the ancient version of Valentine's Day is a, is a fertility holiday, hoping and, and, and worshiping God so that people and animals would have kids. But this is like God. God changes the game because he says, if you follow my ways, you get blessing everywhere. You don't need a hundred different gods. You don't need a hundred different dances or a hundred different ceremonies. You definitely need to not do a few certain things specifically, but you worship me and you get all of life. And this is just huge in the ancient world. And in our world, there is just, there is one true God over all of these things. And so um, going down still in chapter 11, there's a couple of things I want to say here. So in verse 26, it says this really awkward thing that you don't necessarily think about God. Okay. It says in verse 26, 11, 26, see, I am setting before you today a blessing and a curse. Okay. If you obey, there will be blessing. If you disobey, there will be curse. And we don't think of God like that. And we don't think of Jesus like that. Jesus has some really harsh things to say. He, uh, he essentially like is, is, um, chewing out like disciplining the pharisees the people who are supposed to be god's people and he is essentially saying like you have inherited this curse and um, others the meek the mild the poor are going to be inheriting the blessing and so for god here he he, he provides both opportunities he, he doesn't say that there's a guaranteed curse guaranteed blessing he says that by your by your faithfulness love for me that there will be a product from that that you receive either a blessing or a curse now, um, when I get um, get over to um, when you get over to uh, chapter twelve, uh, at the very end, this is kind of connecting to that other piece about driving the people out. It says, uh, "For every abominable thing that the Lord's hate, Lord hates, they have done for their God." So again, um, their their wickedness is why they're being driven out, and because they have done everything that displeases God over and over and over again, for they even have burned their sons and daughters to the fire to their God's sake. They've practiced this, the super bad thing, which is child sacrifice. God hates that over anything. And so this is, again, just, just cementing, cementing that point. Now, um, this is a really interesting thing. Chapter 13. Um, so God's giving a kind of an example. If, if a prophet or a dreamer, somebody who claims to have insight, to what God says. And this is something that, that I say, I claim to, I'm I'm a pastor, I'm a leader. I teach out of the word of God. I claim to have some, some insight. That's why we keep sharing. That's why we open our mouths. That's why we tell stories. That's why we teach the Bible. There are insights that we have that I think is helpful. And, but it says here, and if the, the prophet or the dreamer comes and says, let us go after other gods, which we have not known. And now today that's a little bit different than what we've experienced. Okay. So somebody doesn't necessarily go, let's go serve other gods, but we just say, oh, let's go do this thing. And not realizing that that's like serving another God, or, or at least like, like not serving our God at the very, at the very basic level. And and so these, usually they're little tweaks that are like, like God says, don't add or take away from anything that I've said. And 
these little tweaks of like, oh, we're just going to take a little bit off there because we don't know any better and we haven't read our Bibles or we aren't strong in our faith or whatever. And it says, you shall not listen to the words of that prophet or dreamer for the Lord, your God is testing you. Okay. So when these things, so this in the new Testament, we call this false teaching. So when these false teachers come and twist the words of God or completely like butcher them or teach a completely different way, ways of the world, ways of like a false gospel, ways of twisting the gospel, things like that. We, it is our responsibility not to follow them. God is using these people to test us. Okay, so what that means is that we need to be ready. And this is why we're reading our entire, reading the entire Bible, reading the whole scriptures. This is why we need to, to have full, robust teaching. We need to have strong relationships with one another so that we may be able to sniff out the crap. Because God is testing us. He's going to hold us accountable for what we believe in. And so we need to be learned and understand what he has said for us to do and also what others might say for us to do. Now, uh, moving on into chapter 14, um, I, I want to say one thing. Uh, it's it's talking about the section on tithes. And, and it, there's this provision where um, essentially like... The, the main idea is that whenever you have a sacrifice, not all of them, but most of them, you actually get to eat and have like a, a, a like a, a full meal of the thing that you're sacrificing. This isn't just like it's burned up in a, in a giant bonfire and it's gone forever. We talked a little bit about how like how costly it is. But again, you get a benefit like it's essentially like a party. And so this idea of the tide, like if you if you can't bring an animal far enough and you it's just way easier to carry a bag of money, it says like sell the animal, bring all the money of your tithe come to the place that God has told you to come and buy whatever you crave. Essentially, it's like, okay, you have this amount of money. Use that money to just celebrate God in whatever way. If you want to have meat, if you want to have vegetables, if you want to have good things to drink, just don't drink too much. Like, like get what you love and celebrate God with the things that you love. And I just, I just, I just think about the way that we celebrate in our lives and we, and, and I just want, there's just a richness and a fullness that God has for us that sometimes we miss a little bit. Um, and in the contrast of that, moving into chapter 15 in, in verse, uh, at the end of verse 11, it says in, in the same way, be full and open. You shall open wide your hand to your brother and to the needy and the poor in your land. So as your hands are wide open for the celebration of what God has done, your hands should also be wide open to, to give and receive from others, to give to the needy and the poor who are around you. Again, this isn't like don't depend on the priests or don't depend on the church. This is you and your hands being wide open. And now finally, um, in, 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 chapter, in chapter 16, um, just just uh, uh, one last little note it, it, here in, in, in verse yeah, chapter 16, verse 15. It says, uh, for uh, the Lord your God will bless you in all you produce and all the work of your hands so that you will be altogether joyful. And just the thing that hit me was like, oh, man, when God is blessing and God is in the things that we're doing, there is joy in the work, in the rest, in the play, in everything. And and when you have joy in your life, you know that you are you are in uh, or at least like in, in a, in a big way in God's path for where you need to be. And so, um, this, this section of Deuteronomy was so, so filling for me. Um, again, a lot of it's repetitive, a lot of the stuff we've read before, but it's just a, 
more contextualized by Moses to the people. And, and this like last pep talk is just, is super huge. So let's keep reading. Let's keep learning. And I think Sam's going to talk to you guys tomorrow. So until then.